the seventeenth book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto, translated by Sir John Harrington. Book seventeen. The argument. Fierce Rodomont, leave Paris, is constrained. Martano at Damasco tilts most vilely. Stout Griffin thinks his running thereby strained and goes for thence, the while Martano slyly doth steal his coat and horse, and so obtained great gifts, and of the king is graced highly. But Griffin, taken in Martano's clothing, receives disgrace, each one his presence loathing. The most just God, when once man's sins do grow beyond the bounds of pardon and of grace, because that men his judgments just may know, no less than love, to rule on earth doth place vile monsters such as tyrannize us so, with wrong the right, with lust they laws deface, for this same cause were Scylla sent and Marius, the Nerons both, and filthy-minded Varius. For this domitian, held in Rome the reign, and Antoninus of that name the last, and Massimin, a base unworthy swain, to plague mankind in princely throne was placed. For this in Thebes did cruel Creon reign, with other tyrants more in ages past. For this of late hath Italy been won by men of Lombardy, of Goth and Hun. What should I of unjust Attila speak, of Esselin and of a hundred more, whom God doth send his anger just to wreak on us that still neglect his sacred lore? The times forepassed long since, the present eke, of such examples yields us woeful store, how we unthankful and unfruitful sheep are given to hungry ravening wolves to keep, such wolves as would not only by their will seize all our goods and substances their prey, but also send beyond the Alps high hills for other wolves more hunger-starved than they. The bones of men that Thrasimino fills, the fights of Treb and Cannas, are but play, if with our bloody slaughters they compare, of Ada, Mila, Ronco, and of Ter. No doubt but God in heavenly throne that sits, and thence our deeds and thoughts doth plainly see, us to be spoiled and conquered thus permits, by those that are perhaps as ill as we. But if to please him we would bend our wits, then from these foes he soon would set us free, and we should see their punishment ere long, that us oppress with villainy and wrong. But now, to turn from whence I did digress, I told you how when Charles the news had hard of houses burned and men in great distress, by him that doth no God nor man regard, unto their aid he doth himself address, and choose some special men to be his guard. And meeting such as fled, their course he stayed, and these or such like words to them he said, O simple fools, what mean you hence to run? Turn back for shame. Turn back and do not fly. You choose the greater ill, the less to shun, to live with shame, and may with honor die. What city have you left when this is won? What hope is left a fortune new to try? Shall one vile pagan boast another day that he alone hath driven you all away? This said, he came unto the palace gate, where now the pagan prince triumphant stood, most like a serpent fierce, that hath of late his old skin cast, and left it in the wood, rejoicing now of his renewed state, of his fresh strength, of young and lusty blood. He shows his forked tongue, and comes apace, and every beast that sees him gives him place. Thus scornful and thus proud, the pagan stands with threats to spoil the palace and deface, 
and not a man that once his force withstands until king charles appeared in the place who looking on his old victorious hands said thus and is now altered so the case that these my hands that wanted were to win to yield and to be faint should now begin why should the strength the vigor and the might that i was wont in you to feel now fail shall this same paynim dog even in my sight my people slay my dwelling-house assail no first on me a thousand deaths alight no death can make a princely heart to quail and with that word with couched spear in rest he runs and smites the pagan on the breast and straight the other of the chosen crew on every side the pagan do beset but how he scaped and what did then ensue another time i'll tell but not as yet for first some matters past i must renew and namely griffin i may not forget and crafty oregilla with the t'other that was her bedfellow and not her brother these three unto damasco came together the fairest and richest town of all the east what time great lords and knights repaired thither allured by the fame of such a feast i told you from the holy city hither was five or six days journey at the least but all the towns about both small and great are not like this for state and fruitful seat for first beside the clear and temperate air not noid with summer's heat nor winter's cold there are great store of buildings large and fair of carved stone most stately to behold the streets all paved where is their most repair and all the ground is of so fruitful mould that all the year their spring doth seem to last and brings them store of fruits of dainty taste above the city lies a little hill that shades the morning sun in early hours of water sweet which here we used to still they make such store with spice and juice of flowers as for the quantity might drive a mill their gardens have fair walks and shady bowers but that which chief maintaineth all the sweets two crystal streams do run amid the streets such was the native beauty of the town but now because they look for great resort of princes and of lords of great renown they deck their city in another sort each lady putteth on her richest gown each house with arras hanged in stately port the noble youths do stand upon comparison whose horse doth best who wears the best caparison thus griffin and his mates come to this place and first they view these shows with great delight and after they had rode a little space a courteous squire persuades them to alight and prayeth them to do his house that grace to eat and take their lodgings there that night they thank him for his kind and friendly offer and straight accept the curtsy he doth proffer they had set down before them costly meat of sundry wines there was no little store of precious fruits the plenty was so great as they had seldom seen the like before the while their host doth unto them repeat the cause of all this feasting and wherefore the king appointed all these solemn sports to draw together knights of sundry sorts but griffin though he came not for this end for praise and bravery at tilt to run but came to find his fleeting female friend yet was his courage such he would not shun in these brave sports some little time to spend whereof well-doing honour might be won he promised straight though little were his leisure before he go to see and show some pleasure and first he asketh father of the feast if it were new ordained or else of old his host replieth thus 
my worthy guest i shall in brief to you this thing unfold our prince the greatest prince in all the east hath newly pointed this great feast to hold this is the first but all of his retinue mind each fourth month this custom to continue in token of great gladness and great joy by all the city is the feast begun in token of the danger and annoy that norandin our king did lately shun locked up four months where he could not enjoy the use of earth of water air nor sun yet at the four months end by hap he scaped the death with yawning mouth on him that gaped but plain to show you whence did come the seed of which this danger seemed first to grow love did to norandin this danger breed the king of cyprus daughter pleased him so because her beauty did the rest exceed to see her needs in person he would go he saw he liked he wooed he won he married her and homeward then by ship he would have carried her but lo a wind and tempest rose so sore as three days space they looked to be drowned and made them land upon an unknown shore where straight was pitched our tents upon the ground and for of trees and grass there was good store the king in hope some venison to have found into the next adjoining wood doth go two pages bear his quiver and his bow his meaning was some stag or buck to kill we wait his coming in the tent at ease when suddenly such noise our ears doth fill as wind in woods and waves do make in sea and a more nigh us it approached till we plain might see unto our sore disease a monster huge that ran along the sand destroying all that in the way did stand this orc for so men do the monster call directed straight his course upon our tent his eyes were out howe'er it did befall but yet he was so quick and sharp of set as all his blindness hope not us at all he hunteth like a spaniel by the vent his scent is such as none can hope to shun him his pace is such as no man can outrun him thus whether they prepared to fight or fly or whether fear both fight and flight did let he takes them as his prisoners by and by of forty ten scarce to the ship could get among the other prisoners tain was i whilst i our queen in safety would have set but all in vain to fly did no boot he was so quick of scent and swift of foot as shepherds hang a wallet at their waist so at his girdle hangs a mighty sack in which the better sort of us he placed the rest he bound together in a pack and to his cave that was most huge and vast he bears us hopeless ever to come back a comely matron in this den he had maids fair and foul some poor some richly clad beside this female family of his he hath a cave wherein he keeps his flock that cave in length and largeness passeth this made all by hand out of the stony rock and for man's flesh his chiefest dainty is into the cave he safely doth us lock the while he leads abroad his goats and sheep which in the fields adjoining he doth keep the king not knowing this returned back the silence that he found some fear did breed but when he found his wife and men were lack he then to sea did haste him with great speed he sees plain signs of haste of spoil of rack yet knows he not the author of this deed until he had his ship by hap recovered then by his men the fact was plain discovered when he had heard at last the woeful news how greatly was his heart surprised with grief 
what gods what fortune did he not accuse for all his losses but lucina chief but dangers all and death he first will choose ere he then leave his love without relief he either will her liberty procure or else he will like chance with her endure he leaves his ship and goes by land apace there where the monster had his love conveyed and often wails her hard and woeful case desiring and despairing of her aid now came he in the kenning of the place and stands twixt half amazed and half afraid at last he enters love expelling fear when by good hap the monster was not there his wife was there who with compassion moved admonished him to make but little stay but hasten thence if so his life he loved lest that her husband find him in the way yet from his purpose this him not removed but to the sober matron he doth say in vain you seek to drive me hence by terror desire hath hither brought me and not error by my ill hap while i abroad was riding the orco bare away my dearest wife i hither come of her to hear some tiding or having lost my love to lease my life i care not i if she be in life biding if she be dead my death shall end this strife love in this point so resolute hath made me you should but lease your labor to dissuade me the gentle matron in this sort replies know this thy wife in safety doth remain but hard it is to compass or devise which way to get her from his hand again his want of sight his passing sense supplies to strive with him by force it were but vain he spoileth men but women do not die save only such as strive away to fly but those he finds his company to shun with hatred great he doth for a pursue some he doth hang all naked in the sun and day by day their torments doth renew and some immediately to death are done both young and old both foul or fair of hue so that to seek to set lucina free may harm her much and little profit thee wherefore my son depart the while thou may the matron saith lucina shall not die for hither shortly he will her convey where she shall fare no worse than these and i depart quoth he nay here i mind to stay and fall what shall i will my fortune try and if my hap be such i cannot free her at least i mean before i die to see her the matron's mind with much compassion moved to see his loving and most constant mind that from his purpose would not be removed to bring him aid and comfort was inclined and then she told him how it him behooved if so to see his wife he had assigned to use some such device as she would tell him that when the orc should come he might not smell him she had that hanged in the house's roof the hairy skins of many a bearded goat and knowing best what was for his behoof of one of them she makes him make a coat and with goat suet for a further proof to anoint his body from the foot to throat and in this sort his shape and favor hiding he cometh to the place where we were biding now night drew near his horn the orc doth blow and all his herds came back unto his fold and norandin among the goats doth go and enters in love maketh him so bold the orco shuts the door and leaves us so shut up as safe as in a tower or hold then doth the king at large unto his lover his coming and the means thereof discover 
Lucina doth not only not rejoice to see her husband come thus strangely clad, but with most lamentable mournful voice she blamed him that such peril ventured had, and swears that if she might have had her choice, she would alone have felt this fortune bad, and that before it somewhat eased her pain to think that he in safety did remain. Thus said Lucina fair, with watered eyes, as seeming now more doleful than before, but Norandino in this sort replies, Think'st thou, my dear, I loved thee no more? Yes, sure, and will even now a mean devise Both thee and these to freedom to restore, And to deliver from this servile slavery, By help of this same skin and grease unsavory. And straight he taught us, as himself had tried, Each one to kill a goat, and take the skin, And outwardly to wear the hairy hide and to be anointed with the grease within thus every one doth for himself provide before the sun did yet to shine begin then came the orc and moved away the stone and out the bearded goats came one and one the smelling orco at the door doth stand we passed like goats and make no noise nor speech yet oft he groped with his hideous hand but poor lucina could not choose but screech or that he happed to touch her with his wand or else too roughly pawed her by the breech so back he puts her straight and locks her up and swears that she should drink a sorry cup himself drives out his flock as once he was and we like goats among the goats to keep and when as they were feeding on the grass the monstrous herdman laid him down to sleep thus we escaped but our good king alas that missed his love doth naught but wail and weep and save that still he hope of her relief he would no doubt have died of very grief at night he turneth back with like desire as he before had come to set her free and he conceals himself with like attire from him that wants his instrument to see the orc inflamed with cruel rage and ire and finds himself deceived thus to be this recompense he points her for her pains upon that hill to hang each day in chains a cruel doom but who could it resist away went we each for himself afraid but norandino ever doth persist in his first purpose of procuring aid lamenting that so narrowly he missed to bring her out among the goats he stayed, and like a goat, forgetting his estate, he goeth out early, and returneth late. She sees him go and come, but all in vain, she maketh signs to him to have him part. He constantly resolveth to remain, the love of her possesseth so his heart. Despising danger, and enduring pain, he hopeth hopeless still to ease her smart. At four months' end good fortune so prepared, Gredmenso thither came, and Mandricard, and for her father was their loving friend, they gave this bold attempt to set her free, and to her father straight they do her send, who was full glad and joyful her to see, and that her dangers had this happy end. But Norandino was more glad than he, who with the goats no longer now did stay, but while the orco slept he stale away. And now, for joy of this great peril past, in which he stayed so woeful and forlorn, and that the memory thereof may last to those that shall be and are yet unborn, for never prince before such woe did taste, nor stayed so long in misery and scorn, and it shall be just sixteen weeks to-morrow that he remained in this woe and sorrow. 
Therefore, I say, the king prepares this sport with very great magnificence and boast, inviting hither men of every sort, such as in chivalry excel the most, that far and near may carry the report of these great triumphs unto every coast. This tale the courteous host did tell his guest, of him that first ordained the sumptuous feast. In this, and such like talk, they spend the night, and then they sleep upon their beds of down. But when that once it shined clear and light, the trumpets sounded over all the town, and Griffin straight puts on his armor bright, aspiring after fame and high renown. His lewd companion likewise doth the same, to show a hope as well as he of fame. All armed thus, they came unto the field, and view the warlike troops as they did pass, where some had painted on their crest and shield, or some device, that there described was, what hope or doubt his love to him did yield. They all were Christians then, but now, alas, they all are Turks, unto the endless shame of those that may and do not mend the same. For where they should employ their sword and lance against the infidels, our public foes, God's word and true religion to advance, they to poor Christians work perpetual woes. To you I write, ye kings of Spain and France, let these alone, and turn your force on those, and unto you also I write as much, ye nations fierce, Switzers I mean, and Dutch. Lo, ton of Christian kings usurps a name, another Catholic will needs be called. Why do not both your deeds declare the same? Why are Christ's people slain by you enthralled? Get back again Jerusalem for shame that now the Turk hath ta'en from you and walled. Constantinople, get that famous town that erst belonged to the imperial crown. Dost not thou, Spain, confront with Afric's shore that more than Italy hath thee offended? Yet to her hurt thou leavest that before against the infidels thou hadst intended. O oh, Italy, a slave for evermore, in such sort marred as never can be mended, a slave to slaves, and made of sin a sink, and sotted sleep like men o'ercome with drink. Ye Switzers fierce, if fear of famine drive you, to come to Lombardy to seek some food, are not the Turks as near? Why should it grieve you to spill your foes and spare your brother's blood? They have the golden riches to relieve you. Enrich yourselves with lawful gotten good. So shall all Europe be to you beholding, for driving them from these parts and withholding. Thou lion stout that holdst of heaven the Kays, a weighty charge, see that from drowsy sleep thou wake our realm and bring her joyful days, and from these foreign wolves it safely keep. God doth thee to this height of honor raise, that thou mayst feed and well defend thy sheep, that with a roaring voice and mighty arm thou mayst withhold thy flock from every harm. But whither roves my rudely rolling pen, that wax so saucy to reprove such peers? I said before that in Damasco then they christened were, as in records appears, so that the armor of their horse and men was like to ours, though changed of later years, and ladies filled their galleries and towers to see the justs as they did here in ours. Each strives in show his fellow to exceed, and to be gallant in his mistress' sight. To see each one manage his stately steed was to the standers-by a great delight. Some praise unto themselves, some shame do breed, by showing horses' doings wrong or right.
the chiefest prize that should be of this tilt an armor was rich set with stone and gilt by hap a merchant of armenia found this armor and to norandin it sold who had he known how good it was and sound would not have left it sure for any gold the circumstance i cannot now expound i mean ere long it shall you be told now must i tell of driffin that came in just when the sport and tilting did begin eight valiant knights the challenge did sustain against all comers that would run that day these eight were of the prince's private train of noble blood and noble every way they fight in sport but some in sport were slain for why as hotly they did fight in play as deadly foes do fight in battle ray save that the king may when he list them stay now griffin's fellow was martano named who though he were a coward and a beast like bold blind bayard he was not ashamed to enter like a knight among the rest his countenance likewise in show he framed as though he were as forward as the best and thus he stood and viewed a bitter fight between a baron and another knight lord of seleucia the tone they call and one of eight that did maintain the just the knight ombruno hight a person tall who in his visor took so great a thrust that from his horse astonied he did fall and with his lively blood disdained the dust this sight amazed martano in such sort he was afraid to lease his life in sport soon after this so fierce conflict was done another challenger straight steppeth out with whom martano was required to run but he whose heart was ever full of doubt with fond excuses sought the same to shun and showed himself a faint and dastard lout till griffin egged him on and blamed his fear as men do set a mastiff on a bear then took he heart of grace and on did ride and makes a little flourish with his spear but in the middle way he stepped aside for fear the blow would be too big to bear yet one that would seek this disgrace to hide might in this point impute it not to fear but rather that his horse not good and ready did shun the tilt and ran not even or steady but after with his sword he dealt so ill demosthenes him could not have defended he showed both want of courage and of skill so as the lookers-on were all offended and straight with hissing and with voices shrill the conflict cowardly begun was ended in his behalf was griffin sore ashamed his heart thereto with double heat inflamed for now he sees how much on him it stands with double value to wipe out the blot and show himself the more stout of his hands sith his companion showed himself a sot his fame and shame must fly to foreign lands and if he now should fail one little jot the same would seem a foul and huge transgression his mate had filled their minds with such impression the first he met lord of sedona hight and towards him he runs with massy spear and gave a blow that did so heavy light as to the ground it did him backward bear then came of laodicea another knight on him the staff in pieces three did tear yet was the counterbuff thereof so great the knight had much ado to keep his seat but when they came with naked swords to try which should the honor and the prize obtain so griffin did with deadly strokes imply at last he left him stonied on the plain straightway two valiant brothers standing by that at griffino took no small disdain the tone corimbo t'other tercy height these two forthwith do challenge him to fight successively them both he overthrew and now men thought that he the prize would win 
but salintern that saw them down in view to envy good griffino doth begin this man the stoutest of all the courtly crew doth take a spear in hand and enters in and to the combat griffin straight defies and scorns to have a stranger win the prize but griffin chose one staff among the rest the biggest and the strongest of a score and with the same he pierceth back and breast that down he fell and never stirred more the king that loved and esteemed him best laments his death and maketh moan therefore but yet the common sort were fain and glad that knew his mind and manners were but bad next after him two others he doth meet armophilo the captain of his guard and carmon admiral of all his fleet with these a while he had a conflict hard the first unhorsed was left upon his feet the other with a blow was almost marred thus of eight challengers remained but one the rest were quite subdued by him alone this one was he of whom at first i spake lord of seleucia a valiant man this one to griffin did resistance make and long it was ere aught of him he wan but one blow on his head so fierce he strake as he likewise to stagger now began had not the king made them to have been parted sure griffin had him killed ere he had parted thus all those eight that all the world defied by one alone were vanquished and slain so as the king was forced to provide an order new for those that to remain by parting runners some on either side for yet was spent not past an hour or twain lest this his triumph should have end too soon he makes them spend therein the afternoon but griffin full of wrath and discontent back to his host with his companion came the praise he wan did him not so content as he was grieved at his companion's shame wherefore to leave the town they do consent while men were busy looking on the game and to a little town fast by he goes and means himself a while for to repose the travel sore he had before endured so great a weariness in him had bred and such desire of sleep withal procured as straight he gat him to his naked bed the while martano to all fraud inured and using aid of her mischievous head as he did soundly sleep devised the while a stratagem most strange him to beguile they do conclude to take griffino's steed and coat and every warlike implement and that martano in griffino's steed himself to nordiano shall present this they devised this they performed indeed and boldly back again martano went in griffin's armor stoutly stepping in as did the ass that wear the lion's skin he rusheth in among the thickest press an hour before the setting of the sun the king and all the rest straightway do guess that this was he that had such honor won and straight great honor they to him address and cause the like by others to be done and his base name not worthy to be named about the town with honor was proclaimed fast by the king he rideth cheek by cheek and in his praise they songs and verses make in hebrew tongue in latin and in greek and now this while did griffin hap to wake and seeing that his armor was to seek he first begins some small mistrust to take yet hardly could it sink into his reason that she had given consent to such a treason in fear and doubt no little time he hovered 
but when his host the truth had plain declared and that he saw the falsehood plain discovered by which she had in folly's bands him snared then truth showed plain that love before had covered and to revenge this wrong he straight prepared but wanting other furniture perforce he took martano's armor and his horse and back unto damasco he doth ride arriving there within an hour of night and entering at the gate upon the side the palace of the king stood plain in sight where then the king a banquet did provide for many a duke and lord and valiant knight and griffin boldly sate among the rest forgetting that he wear the scorned crest and taken for the man whose coat he wear his presence did the better sort offend of which when vile martana was aware that of the table sate at the upper end and sees that to disgrace him they forbear and think him his companion and his friend his friendship and acquaintance he renounced and this hard doom of him he straight pronounced o king quoth he it seems that for my sake you graciously forbear to do him shame that of his baseness shameful proof did make this day and now again confirms the same but you the matter and the man mistake i know not him his nation nor his name by chance i met him only on the way i never saw him i till yesterday wherefore might i herein your grace advise you should a sample make him for the rest that here presents unto your princely eyes himself unworthy and unwelcome guest let him tormented be in cruel wise this is my doom let him be hanged at least and unrevenged let it not be borne that knighthood should receive so great a scorn thus much the vile and base martano saith and origilla soothed it with as much and wished an halter stop the villain's breath nay quoth the king the sin is nothing such as is in law or reason worthy death his life or yet his liberty to touch this for example's sake i think it meet to do him some disgrace in open street and straight he rounds a sergeant in his ear and secretly appoints him what to do who came forthwith unto the table where griffino sate and made no more ado but leadeth him that no such thing did fear a secret prison and a sure unto and for that night he clapped him up in fetters where thieves do use to lie and evil debtors next day martano that did greatly dread lest this his foul device would come to light if griffin should be heard his cause to plead therefore as soon as phoebus shined bright pretending busyness away he sped and leaves griffino in this woeful plight but ere he goes the king to him imparts no small rewards for his not his desarts but let him go his ways and do not doubt that this unknown and unrevenged shall be straight was griffino from the jail pulled out and carted so as all men might him see tied hand and foot and people all about of which the most were but of mean degree also the armor whence this error came was hauled about unto his farther shame with many filthy words they him revile from filthy tongues that hard it is to stop and showed him round about the town the while at every cross and house and stall and shop then thinking him for ever to exile they led him of that hill unto the top and there his bonds they loose with great disgrace and then they will him pack him thence apace with scornful sound of basin pot and pan they thought to drive him thence like bees in swarms 
but when he was untied, then he began to make them know their error to their harms. Then he did lay about and play the man, now having use of both his warlike arms. But in what sort he them dismayed and scared, within another book shall be declared. End of Book 17